Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, maybe you'll be fortunate and get some rain today. I know many of the producers I've talked to said they're okay with a little bit of rain to cut down on the dust to help prevent a few more of those field and combine fires. Well, only Mother Nature knows how much we're supposed to get, but again, it is on the radar for many areas in Nebraska, Iowa, and then eastward. We'll talk a little bit about um, this heat of last week. If you saw the uh, weekly crop progress report, we saw corn took a huge jump. How much of that was related to the heat and where are we seeing when it comes to exports? As we did see a little bit of pickup yesterday in some numbers. And then, of course, China. We saw a daily wire showing that on the soybeans. So we're going to dive into all that and a whole lot more today. Sue Martin joins us. She's with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So let's first of all talk about this this weather. You know, we um, need rain by, by most part, Sue. And anybody it wants to get harvest done, but at the same time, they want to welcome the rain. And it was kind of neat to see the wire talking about the potential for rain and, and where we're at harvest progress-wise. Well, it does uh, call for rain, and it, but also along with it, some high winds and potential hail, which we sure don't need right now. Um, but the rain itself, yes, it slows up harvest, but it adds moisture in to the soybeans that are left to, yet to be combined. And the trade's going to be wanting to hear what the group three uh, soybeans are yielding uh, because those are the ones that uh, are thought possibly to be maybe a little bit of a better bean yield. So we'll see if that is truly the case. Um, you know, and then we look at uh, the soybeans here and this morning, they came, November beans came down to 1256 and three quarters. That is hitting the June low square. I mean, bullseye. And it held and, of course, rallied back up to around 1272, so about 16 cents or so back up. And then we came and settled out around 1270, 70 and a half, still down on the day, but a nice bounce off that low of June. Now, June lows and highs are very important. Those tend to be, it's your halfway through the calendar year. And when you take out June lows, Markets tend to get weaker. If you turn and was to take out the June high about now, it would be getting much stronger. So it's a real important situation. But the thing is, if we take that June low out, then the May low, which is our low for the year on November beans, 11.30 and a half is our next target, which is also the projection off of the head and shoulders top formation that we have on the daily chart. Now, we look at uh, corn, and corn has been so sideways through September, and in the meantime, we clo- rallied um, in September and got up to that 490 on the last trading day, and then fell down to about 476. Well, yesterday on Monday, we brought this market back up and tested 489 and three quarters. We didn't get that 490 out. Well, if we go back and look at the market, first off, you made lower lows in September on December corn, and you closed the month lower. So taking out 490, what is that? It's taking out the September high for uh, for December corn. And that would then start to possibly open the door for a little more concerted effort to try to get up towards the $5 level, which we think is psychological, and there's probably stops just above that. But uh, all in all, uh, the yields, they're kind of all over the place. Now, 
Illinois corn yields are kind of all over the place a little bit. Still, I'd say pretty decent, but all over the map a little. Of course, Iowa, Nebraska, our yields are kind of all over the place, too. Indiana and Ohio, beautiful corn yields. And then also bean yields, very good through Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Where in Iowa, bean yields are a little bit on the other side of the fence. Uh, we're, you know, in some, we're pretty much always, um, not, I shouldn't say always, but more reports than not, we're under the APHs of last year. And so, therefore, we're coming in less. But if we look at the crop condition ratings that we got on Monday afternoon, bean crop condition ratings improved 2%. Traders were thinking they'd remain at 50% or the same as last week, and they didn't. And that was another reason we fell overnight. However, if we look at that, we're still running below. Uh, in the poor to very poor, by the way, we're at 17%, which is about, I want to say, it's at least 1%, if maybe not 3% uh, worse than a year ago at this time. So what does that say? You know, the commercials are trying to say that the bean yields, they think our bean yields are going to come up in this October report, the supply-demand report. I don't think it should. If it does, ultimately in January, I would expect that number to still drop back. I mean, we're at 4.9, let me try that again, 496 bushels to the acre that was after we got in the september quarterly scotch report uh, uh, you know an increase in the yield from last year by one tenth of a bushel well if we're running in conditions worse than we were a year ago at this time i would have to think our yield is not going to be where we were still so in the end i still think our yields are going to be down it's just farmers are elated that the yields are better than what could be and yet, out in your neck of the woods, dry land beans, horrible. Uh, dry land corn, not so great either. And then you get into irrigated, and there's some good, and there's some not so good. It's definitely going to make for, for a mixed bag. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about what has been happening in China uh, back in the Daily Export Wire once again. We know Mexico yesterday doing some grain purchases as well. And if you haven't had a chance to look at the livestock side of the page, not a pretty picture when it looks at those feeder cattle. So we're going to find out what is the reason for the drop that we've seen in that number say live cattle as well. More is coming up. Stick around. It is a Tuesday version of the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRBN. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin with Ag and Investment. Wanted to get your thoughts on, on China. Nice to see them back looking at the U.S., even if it wasn't a lot. Uh, export wires showed, what, 265,000 or so metric tons of beans? Yes, they did. They bought 265,000 metric tons of U.S. beans today, and they bought 230, I think it was 230 or 232,000 metric tons yesterday of soybeans, which is interesting 
because they're on vacation, right? China's never on vacation, but these sales are being reported. But the neat thing is they also booked 220,000 metric tons of U.S. soft red wheat. And that's because the U.S. soft red wheat freight on board uh, basis is the cheapest in the world. And so China's utilizing that opportunity. They also realize that they've got Australia, who they recently had kind of warmed up to and were starting to book wheat from them over the past year. And Australia wheat, of course, is not going to be as much available because they're into drought again. So that leaves the U.S. Uh, as and Europe, I would say the EU, um, and the Black Sea region, um, Russia, and also Ukraine, wheat in coming months to be uh, the place where we're going to see China looking to to be able to book wheat. And so that's been a good charge for our wheat market today. Now, another thing, this is day two for funds covering some shorts. And sometimes it takes three, in fact, a lot of times it takes three days consecutively to get them to be changing their their sentiment, so to speak, uh, to step aside. So very good uh, news to see them them booking U.S. wheat, and we certainly needed a little shot in the arm under that. The other thing, too, you have Russia, who has been undercutting the world, in, and they're the world's largest exporter of wheat, but they've been un- undercutting because they have a war to pay for. And in the meantime, of course, Ukraine tries to be competitive if they can get it out the door, um, mainly because they're trying to support their farmer and keep their farmer working and keep food moving and, yes, bring money into the country. So, you know, those two areas, though, in the heart of of grain production in Ukraine and in Russia, they're experiencing some very warm, dry conditions as well. Look at the uh, flip the page to the livestock side. What the heck is going on with this feeder cattle market? Well, feeders, and I can't remember, Susan, if we talked about it the last time I was on with you, uh, but the feeder market is into a seasonal time frame where it breaks into, oh, I want to say about October 9th, maybe the 14th. Right in through there, the price breaks, and we're doing a very strong seasonal on that market. Now, yesterday in Oklahoma City and in um, the uh, uh, Chillicothe, Missouri, uh, the auctions, you had those are two major auctions that are watched on Mondays, and both of them were sharply lower on uh, steers, 750 pounds and under, and also heifers, 750 pounds and under. Calves, however, were the reverse. They were steady to five bucks higher, but everything else was sharply lower. And so that, I think, has weighed on this market. In fact, that may have been what kind of pulled us off of our highs yesterday, because if you look at feeders, you made higher highs yesterday for the move and then gave up most of the move by the day. You still closed higher, but it was near the lows of the day and not in the upper half of the day's range. So that wasn't a pretty sign. And yes, today we're following through on the downside. And so I wouldn't be too anxious to be running in and buying the market just yet. Um, but I would th- say if we get into Friday and we're pushing down, I do have some very minor cycle window timing on Friday, uh, but it's minor. 
and sometimes those can surprise you. But um, um, I'm more into November, around the 4th of November, that 5th, that I have cycle window timing that we could catch a turn on many of these markets, be it cattle, um, soybeans, corn, wheat, that type of thing. But But this coming Friday into the 14th of October, I'd be watching real close the market should catch and try to make a turn higher. Do you think the, as we get ready to wrap it up, do you think the live cattle going down was due to the feeder cattle today? I think that helped the cause because our cutout was up nicely yesterday, both in the uh, choice and then in the select, but especially in the choice. And so I'm hearing some talk that they think the cutout is trying to bottom out a little bit. So, and I wouldn't underestimate that at all. Um, but, you know, here's a market that's had a lot of longs in it. And so we're trying to, you know, just kind of clean house a little bit. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number's 1-800-527-0051. And y'all have a great day. Thanks. And may so- you catch some nice rain, not hail and high winds. No kidding. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's joining us today as we listen to the Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the Rural Radio Network.